This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Well, hello there, mindful listeners. It is Dr. Holly Lucille here, host of Mindful Medicine, and thank you once again for spending some time with us today. You know, I am, let's just say over 50, and I I have not taken, like I'm a slow adopter to always having a device to type on. I'm more of that like writer, like I love to write. Um, I, I, I still write grocery lists and I also still like read paper books and I just, there's something about it. And I'm bringing this up because today I've got an incredible author who has written a book called Sketch by Sketch, which is a creative path to emotional healing and transformation. It's a simple daily drawing practice for recovery, purpose, and empowerment. And I've had this book um, for about, I don't know, I think about a month and a half now, and I've been reading it and doing some of the things, and it's absolutely amazing. And it's just one of those crafts that we're going to learn more about that we can employ each and every day for transformation and healing. So I'm going to bring the author, Sheila Darcy, to the stage. Sheila, thanks for being here. Good morning, Holly. How are you? I'm really good. Um, do you do, do you understand what I'm saying? Like with the whole writing thing, and uh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and well, reading, I, the, I, and touching the paper. I'm all about the tangible. I do. I'm the same way. I, you know, when Kindle came out, I was never a big fan of Kindle because I I really missed having the pages of the book to turn. So I I'm, I'm the same way. I'm very tactile. Well, you've written an incredible book. Um, so a little bit about you because I want to know more. You've got 20 plus years of experience as a facilitator and a consultant in the tech space, right? Tech and digital space. Yes. You've worked with Fortune 500 companies and then understanding what drives transformative growth in individuals and teams. So I want to know, so that's amazing. What an amazing background. Your Bachelor's of Fine Arts, University of Memphis, but the certification in Social Emotional Arts, CEA from UCLA, Tell me more about that. What is CEA, Social Emotional Arts? Yes. So what happened is as I started to experience the transformation of the daily sketching, I became really curious about what was happening within. And so the social emotional learning uh, that I was, the certification that I took was really allowing me to understand the foundational tenets of how we, and and it was actually geared towards children, which is really fascinating. So it's just understanding the principles of how we can work with youth, uh, maybe struggling with learning disabilities or emotional expression, and how do we get them to communicate through arts, through the arts, through language, through um, you know drama classes, through poetry, through through all of those visual um, techniques in a way that allows them to express without having necessarily a verbal way to do that, and so. You know, you learned everything from the foundations, like I said, of um, of the scaffolding of how do you approach a child and how do you get them to open up in a way that makes them feel safe. Uh, also, not being able to um, engage to, to where they may be triggered. So it was all these foundational elements. But what was interesting is when when I was learning all of those foundational skills, I could see a lot of similarities in what I saw as a facilitator in the business world because we're technically like children in adult bodies, as they say. So that was really interesting to see the parallels between the two. 
Well, and I mean, the culmination of this experience, I mean, you know, sort of birthed this incredible um, book called Sketch by Sketch. What was the idea behind writing it? So part of my story, and thank you for introducing me and, and sharing a little bit more of my background, what was really interesting for me is I didn't realize how often I was dis- disconnecting and disassociating from myself. Uh, you know, I, I grew up with a lot of ch- childhood trauma up until about 15. And what I didn't understand is how often I immersed myself in work. So I was a workaholic. I've been working since I was in high school. I, I remember working at the age of 13. I, I lived in Australia at the time. And what I didn't, I didn't understand until later is I used work as a way to escape. And it became my kind of my coping mechanism. And so, yeah, I started to have major burnout, um, lack of mindfulness in my life. And I hit at, at the, the, what I would say the pinnacle of my career. I basically got to where I thought I wanted to be. I was managing director of an innovation agency and I was unhappy. You know, I don't think I ever recognized how unhappy I really was. And so I ended up seeing a therapist and that's really the conduit to the book. The book was really the the way for me to reach a, a larger audience, but it was never the intention. The intention was to address my own mental health. Wow. See, this is like, these are my favorite stories where when I have guests, they they have taken something that's in their bones that they've already experienced, and then they share it with the world through something like this. So I, I, I think it's just the best, right? Um, yeah, I have a mantra that I've been saying to people that when you go inward, the byproduct, byproduct is to be of service to the greater good. Because once you find that inner peace that had eluded me my entire life, you can't help but want to share it with the world because you want other people to feel it. And so I had to share this because I didn't think it was even possible for me to feel this, Holly, because anyone that's ever known me would tell you I was high energy, high achiever, frenetic, um, just highly productive, (laughs) very productive person. And the idea of me finding the peace that I have found, and it is palpable. People that see me today that haven't potentially seen me in a decade they can see it. They sense that, that that stillness inside of me that, again, I, I never thought I would ever achieve in my lifetime. Well, and as you write, you say there's no need for training in the arts or for any artistic talent. We are all creators. And I just think that's so beautiful. And what I love about the idea of um, of sketching, right, is that, you know, I've had a clinical practice for over 20 some years now. And when working with people, you know, it's the details that count, you know, it's understanding, sure, I, you know, am trained to get a, you know, your chief complaint, your history of present illness, um, family history, all of that stuff. But I really want to know about the person, I want to know about the person more than I want to know about the condition sometimes, because that is going to show me how I can help best. And a lot of times, when I'm looking at the whole area of biorhythms and circadian rhythms and what somebody has been through in their life, you know, in the old work of the um, adverse childhood events, the ACE score um, that you're probably familiar with. And um, people have a hard time slowing down and going inward. And, you know, if you bring up techniques like meditation or um, journaling, even it, I, I feel like sometimes people have a resistance around that. 
And this is different. This is almost like playful. And I, and I love bringing it to the stage of mindful medicine because it's, I mean, you're going to talk to, talk to my listeners better than I am right now about, (laughs) um, actually just being able to, to do these daily drawing practices. I just think it's adding more tools to the toolbox so people can actually settle down and we can create that parasympathetic space again, where healing and transformation can happen. Oh, I love that you said the word playful. That's truly at the heart. I would say that's at the core of the reason why it was so transformative. And I also just wanted you to know my A score is a five. That just gives you gives you some of an idea of the, the potentiality of my my childhood. But yeah, my A score is a five. So that's part of the reason I believe the sketching or any sort of I, I'm a huge proponent of the arts in general, spoken word, dance, anything that requires you to f- express what's happening inside out. And the thing about play is when we're playing, and this is something that's really something I talk a lot about is we're activating our curiosity. And curiosity is the one thing that combats judgment and criticism. So whenever the judge or critic would show up for me, when I used to do art, I used to be a perfection. I mean, not used to be, I, I still struggle with perfectionism at times, but not as bad as I used to, but especially when I sketched and especially when I painted, it had to be perfect. It had to look exactly like the thing that I was trying to, to create. And what I realized is it's all a metaphor. What, there was nothing happening on paper that wasn't happening in my life. So when I started to just create for the sake of creating the process rather than the outcome, to play rather than to create for the sake of creating a masterpiece, I was activating my curiosity. So when the critic would come and judge what was happening, I would get curious and go, but why am I feeling that? Why do I want to throw her? Where is that happening in my life? You know, why, why did that, why do I want to erase that last mark? Because I feel like I ruined the entire piece. Where is that showing up in my life? So I started replacing all the critics and judges and showing up and I just became curious and playing curiosity to me, play in the same uh, sphere. So that's truly how it helped guide me, guided me to my healing. I love that so much because one of my favorite sayings in my um, in the in my life is get curious before critical and and mostly mm. um, well sh- certainly like I mean for example I have a friend who we've been sort of I've been re- we've been reaching out to have dinner with this couple friend of ours and the cadence of our communication has kind of changed. Um, to the point where I did reach out once and say hey I just wanted to make sure it, are y'all okay. Oh, and you know, it was just like, yeah, we're busy over here. And now I could have taken it like I could have gotten critical, like, I can't believe he's not getting back to me. Like, what the heck? You know, and it's a practice, it's a mindful practice, right? To get curious. And and I and legitimately, they are young parents. They've got three kids like under four. Oh my goodness. <laughs> there were some health issues going on. And so it was nothing about me at all, right? But that's, that's, I think, an exercise in understanding curiosity before critical on the outside. But I love how you take it and you apply that tool to the inside instead of those critical judgers that, you know, those self-talk things that can get you down. You get a little bit of excavation going on like, hey, let's think about this. Learn more because, you know, knowledge is power, but self-knowledge is superpower. Oh, so powerful. 
you, I love that you're cueing in on certain words like excavation, right? When I think of that word, that was part of my healing because when, when, when we talk about the critic and judge, it's not our voices oftentimes. It's the art teacher, it's your parents, it's your peers, it's society, it's social media. So what, for, what ended up happening for me is as I did start doing that inquiry, that, that questioning, which is part of the book, right? I ask questions for you to prompt those thoughts you find that you're and you end up de you're, you're you're questioning the things that you believe and the narratives you've told yourself and you go to the source of where those narratives started and most of mine didn't start with me it started with my upbringing with business the business corporate culture it, it started everywhere but me <laughs> and so my healing has actually been a lot of excavating but also just shedding of all the stuff that i thought I needed to believe are certainly owned as my own value system. So my values have shifted in terms of what I, what I, um, how I live my life now. Because mindfulness was not a value, for example, that I valued. I thought it was just this marketing term or this term that everyone talked about. I didn't get it. You know what I mean? And then once I actually lived mindfulness, I'm like, oh, okay, now I understand what people are saying, but I didn't value it the way I do today. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those things. Mindfulness is, um, you have to be mindful about being mindful. It's like, it's like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, so it's true. it takes practice. Um, and, and, and that's why I love this exercise of using, um, and, and, and doing and the sketching. And I just, I want to read a couple things. Um, so listeners, when you get this book sketch by sketch, all right, these daily practices, I, you can help identify sources of anxiety and then move beyond them, become more mindful of negative thoughts and simply allow them to be, right? So gosh, our thoughts are all over the place and you just see them come and see them go. Reveal and explore vulnerable parts of yourself without feeling exposed. Deconstruct limiting patterns and beliefs and tap into deeper re reserves for compassion for you and other people. Um, just incredible how you have laid this out. I mean, there's over like what 40 prompts in this book to just sketch and 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 get people to think and do. Well, the idea of the 40 prompts and this is something that I will say now is you don't have to necessarily read the the book cover to cover. That is an obvious option, but the reason there are so many prompts is some will stick and some won't. Some will resonate deeper and some won't hit well. And, and that's because everyone's different. Everyone's learning styles are different. So going back to my certification, that's one of the things they teach you. A drum circle may help somebody that is suffering from uh, major trauma versus a sketching class. So I am never possessive of the tool. And as you said, there's many in the tool toolkit, but a lot of people don't know sketching is a tool, just like they don't know painting is one uh, or singing is another because the whole purpose and mission of my work is to connecting is connecting back to our bodies. So as I said earlier, I disconnected a lot and disassociated a lot. And part of the reason mindfulness has been so powerful for me is I catch myself disconnecting now before I do it. Or I, I see the seed sign that say, oh, okay, Sheila, you're starting to get to that point again where you're not feeling in your body. You, you're not wanting to feel something. And so it's just given me the tools to recognize it. And when I sketch, that happens a lot as I'm starting to see that. And then the last thing I would say around what you just shared is the idea of transience, transient nature of emotions, just like the transient nature of life. 
when you've, you have experienced trauma or any challenges, I think we've all experienced it during the pandemic, we tend to attach ourselves not only to the experiences we've had, but we attach ourselves to the emotions we're feeling. And so what would happen is I would get triggered and then I would hold on to that fear. I would hold on to that anxiety and I couldn't get out of it. So I would have to disconnect or disassociate or do something unhealthy to try to run away from it. Now, when I sketch and I create, I realize I just have to feel uncomfortable and it's okay because it'll pass. And getting more comfortable with that passing and that transient nature of it was the healing for me. Is It wasn't permanent, but when you're going through it and you don't have healthy tools, it feels permanent. Yeah, it's amazing. And I, I love how you also, in the book, with each prompt, you allow people to understand like how long this exercise is going to be. And that's when I was playing around with the book. You know, if I had 10 minutes between clients or what have you, I would just find a little 10 minute exercise from you. And and you it's almost like on, you know, when you're re- reading through the the social media or whatever, it's like 10 minute read or 2 minute read. Um it allows it it kind of gives you an idea of how much time, which I think is important because part of this work and part of being mindful is you've got to be in a space where it's not like just checking off a list. It's like I got in this horrible habit of having this habit tracker um, for my daily things. And it backfired on me because I wanted to check things off, right? And so, you know, I practiced Spanish and I would just do it because it was on this habit tracker and I, I wasn't taking the time or the a space to actually learn my Spanish. I was just practicing Spanish so I could check off the habit. <laughs> I was like, that's so okay. honest of you. <laughs> this that's is so vulnerable to, for you to admit. <laughs> I'm like, this is not working. And I had a couple of things going. Like I was reading in the morning a little bit, and I had a mind uh, app that I was sort of just playing a little game so I could, you know, keep sharpens up. And it was this funny thing, and I saw it happening to me where I wasn't really doing these things on purpose. I was doing them to check off a list. And I was like, ugh, I mean, you can just catch yourself in your stuff at all at all angles of your life. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so relatable. <laughs> so relatable. And so now I relaxed around that. And it's like, you know, it, you know let me have like 10 minutes to do this. And if, if it's only one good habit that I do during the day that settles me and then I get to learn a little bit, or I work on something, then that's fine. I mean, I have this like whole five habit thing I need to do every day. And it was, uh, it was backfiring for sure. (laughs) But I love that. Yeah, well, it's relatable, because that is part of the wound that I was addressing is productivity, and and achievement. Achievement was a big part of my, my, I would say conditioning. I was, since I was a little girl, I was a straight A kid, you know, straight A's, straight A's. It's always about hitting that goalpost. And that was part of the story that I think can a lot of, especially women, uh, could relate to because whether you're a mom or a businesswoman or a caregiver, your days are made up of things to get done. (laughs) And your sense of worthiness was equally tied to how much you were able to accomplish. And it was never enough. No, <laughs> never enough. No, be, but but the yeah. drive is there because you know you produce and you achieve and you are going to be loved. Don't worry about it. Just keep doing it. Exactly. You know, it's like a you become a, almost like a Skinner rat. Yeah. You know, it's like 
it's like you, you get randomized for appreciation and you're like, okay, I'm going to go out and do some more. I'm going to get yeah. it. I'm going to get that love acceptance. I know I am. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that we might've been cut out of a little bit of the same cloth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you as, you as a doctor would know this, but at the core of my, uh, I would say habits where productivity and doing was at the core of it was my desire to feel safe. And I didn't know this until I started to really sketch and go deeper in myself. And, you know, I did, I read a ton of books during that time. So I was just so fascinated by what was happening because I started, like you said, regulating my body. Um, I started to pay attention to my breath. I started noticing how my mind was working and I was just fascinated by it all. But going back to the productivity, I realized in reflection, my desire to please, my perfectionism, all of it was external, my external way to create safety in my life. Because if you loved me or liked me, you wouldn't hurt me. If everything is perfect and I could predict everything, no bad would come my way. And guess what? Bad crap happened. And I realized, wow, sometimes it takes those things. And it, I did, unfortunately, experience uh, trauma around that. Right after I started daily sketching, I had trauma happen again in my life. And I thought, wow. I have been a good girl my entire life, and it still didn't avoid this. So it gave me, it was, all, it was as traumatic as it was liberating to experience that. I, I think what's so important is, is when you're talking, it's like, it's, it, it, what an incredible thing to do, to go out and have all your drives be to create safety, but then taking this exercise of going inward and sketching and actually independently creating safety for yourself. Like, what a what a powerful thing. Like, anything can happen right now in the world, right? But you have this now skill and this tool where you can feel safe in the chaos. And I think that is just super healthy. Oh my gosh, yes. I, I think that's, put that in my book review and you're done. Like, that's exactly, creating... Yeah. Yes, creating inner safety in chaos is the goal. And and here's the here's the thing I know I will never claim it's a silver bullet nor will I ever claim that you will never feel anxiety again. The difference is now is when I do get anxious and I still do. I'm very much aware of what's happening and I will use my body as a way to express it. So it's that instead of being all in my head, which is where it was before. I it's almost like I've I've given permission for my entire entire human vessel to carry the weight of that anxiety in a way that allows me to actually get past it and process it through my art. And the other thing is art is accessible. So one of the things that I saw as I did this work is how much I avoided therapy, not only because of the stigma of it, but I couldn't afford it. The type of therapy I wanted was, um, was a, a hypnotherapy because it was a fear of flying that I was trying to address. And when I got the quote for it for three sessions, I said, I can't afford that. And I didn't want to treat myself to it. And I thought, goodness gracious, if people knew that sketching could do a very similar thing uh, and it's free and it's accessible, how powerful is that? So I did want to address that aspect of it as well is there's not enough therapists to go around. There's a waiting line of, uh, of people trying to get to see a therapist right now because of what we've been through. And what are those people going to do in the meantime until they see that person? Because I do believe in talk therapy still. It's just I think this is a great tool, tool to have in a daily basis when that person's not available to you. 
And so I'm a huge uh, um, proponent of the arts for that reason. Yeah. All right. Well, listeners, all right, we got two minutes left here. I want one more question, but I do want to plug the book just one more time. And I'm sure my listeners can get it anywhere you can get books, right? Yes. It, online, uh, physical bookstores, Barnes & Noble has been carrying it. But yes, any, any bookstore should have it. Okay, Sketch by Sketch, A Creative Path to Emotional Healing and Transformation by the one and only Sheila Darcy. Tell me about Sketch Poetic, which is your website, sketchpoetic.com. So Sketch Poetic is my pseudonym. Uh, it's basically the the name I gave myself when I wanted to post it on Instagram, which was really my accountability partner. I wanted something that showed that I timestamped that I was doing it daily. I didn't do it with the intention of building a community, but that's what ended up happening because I started tagging at the emotions I was feeling and how I, you know, what, what I was trying to express and more and more I became vulnerable and in the vulnerability, a community started to build around me. So that's the, how the presence of sketch poetic came to be. And the reason the book even started is because somebody in, through Instagram reached out to me and said, would you be interested in writing a book? I'd love to help you. So it all kind of started from that place of sketch poetic and it's now a practice. It's my methodology, but it's also my pseudonym. All right. So Sheila Darcy, you can find her on Facebook at sketch poetic, Twitter as well. And Instagram, this is the idea of you can use social media for good or evil. And I think some good came out of this. For sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your vulnerability, your transformation, your healing. And now um, this incredible technique Um, that we can add to our toolbox listeners, mindful listeners. Thank you so much once again for being with us. And we're going to see you next time.